and welcome to another episode of the Pop Collectors Alliance podcast, episode 117, the top 10 collectible companies that are not Funko. I'm your host, Rick, as always, joined by my co-bearded co-host, cutting it close this week, but we're getting it done. How are we doing, Captain Strongbeard, Mr. Piper? So as I said to you last night, or I guess it was this morning, I woke up and realized it was Monday when I had to go to work. And I was like, oh, no, we're supposed to record a podcast. We didn't do that. Yeah, what day is it? I was out of town last week, so it worked out anyways. I mean, it's I find like it's almost cathartic to like just go through and record the episode and then edit it right after and release it. I I don't know why. Like, it's kind of like those kids that say, hey, I'm going to take a a year break between high school and college and they never go to college. That's called me. It's like (laughs) it's like it's like. um. I, I'm like, all right, I'm going to sit this episode down. I'll come back to it. And then it's the following Monday night. I'm like, oh, I got to get this edited and out. So no, I, I, pleasure to do it again this week. This week, as we said, we're going to talk about the top 10 companies, collectible companies that are not Funko. And I'm interested to see it. We haven't really shared our list with each other. We wanted to come into this episode kind of cold so that we get pure reactions. But before we get to that, We want to talk about our NFT corner, something we talk about every week. And hopefully you're listening to this episode before the release of the Game of Thrones House of Dragons NFTs tomorrow. That is Tuesday, February 28th at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, What is that for you? One, Piper, your time and two, my time. So we're hoping that you get this before then and then you can sort of dive into it. But we still wanted to cover this from our perspective as well. You know, I have not done, I have not bought packs for an NFT drop since the Freddy Halloween one, I think. Yeah, I really like I, something about those Freddy Halloween ones are really good, but it's it's been a long time for me. I think, what was the last one that I got in and bought a couple of? It, it wasn't the Tunes? last. No, I didn't do Looney Tunes. It was like two releases ago or something. Oh, it was the Elf. The Elf um, <laughs> sets. I got lucky. I got four out of the, I think I bought eight packs total and they were all the premium packs and I got four legendaries. I didn't get a grail, but I got the legendaries at least. I mean, it, it, it kind of makes you feel secure in the fact that, Hey, I was able to at least get legendaries out of it. Um, so you can use that bargaining pieces and buying coins and things that you want for others because I got two, three of the same one. And then the rapping snowman dude, you know what I mean? I feel like that set. It's either going to go really, really crazy, like sky high, or they're going to be like $30 when you get the physical, because I mean, that's how, that's how elf is, right? Like there's certain pieces from that set. Like, even if you go back to the, the, the pieces, the older ones that, you know, the regular physical things that came out, like those, most of them are like ten dollars and then there's a few in that set that are really really expensive or not really expensive but like way more than retail yeah i agree it's just one of those things it's so niche that it's like uh the mummy i would even say it's niche though because everybody knows that movie it plays yeah but what i'm saying as far as collectibles like that's true yeah yeah you're exactly right like from what is it like october 32nd to, <laughs> to the January 2nd. It's like nonstop on there, but no, you're exactly right. So, it, but it's one of those things is like, 
how many people want collectibles from that because i i bought pjs this year for elf so i mean it's one if you like it you like it i just thought it was interesting i did like some of the redeemables so i went for it i got lucky but i think i'm gonna sell those and probably buy because i think i have a day or two days left to get the coins for the first game of thrones set and see what i can snag from that to get as far as i can in a specific set so you know that's a great transition to where we are today tomorrow game of thrones house of the dragon releases their nft set so i'm really excited about these sets i it to me it kind of brings back good and bad memories (laughs) But you, they go ham when they go Game of Thrones. So there's 31,250 standard, 31,000 premium. So they are going ham on this all out. So I'm looking at them right now. And the only ones that I'm like, ooh, I would not mind owning those are, so I guess we can kind of run down them. So there's Daemon Targaryen, Aemon Targaryen, too many names that sound almost the same, uh, Rhaenyra. There is Sir Kristen Cole. There is... Which, that's the weirdest one, just be, before we go to the next one. That's the weirdest one that I... It's a, it's a very, like, subdued character in the show. I don't know if you've watched the show or not. I, I have finally watched got, it. Okay, so he's, like, in, like, three episodes. Or two episodes, really. And gets killed off. Spoiler alert. Sorry, uh, no. I think there's like there's a good buffer. We've we've passed the buffer zone, so we're allowed to to talk about the show. Yeah, and then the other two are Viserys, Melty Face uh, Tar- Peepaw. Yeah, Melty Face Peepaw. He's like Two Face, like. But he and he's end. holding he's holding the the metal mask, which is very I, I like that. And then what's the last one? Uh, Vigar, the he's the biggest dragon on the show. Was that the one so, at the end that they, they like flew into the castle and he was like, yeah, I'm going to bite you. And then he flew away. No, that's not it. That's, oh. I, I don't know. That's not Varaxes, but Vigar is the big one at the end of the season. Spoiler alert, skip ahead 10 seconds if you haven't watched the season, but he bites that other dragon in half. Oh, okay. This is the one that like, uh, the, the D bag kid was flying around on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that's it. And maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not uh, 100% on my Game of Thrones House of Dragon lore because I only watched it one time. The other Game of Thrones I've watched through the series like 50 times, but I'm pretty sure that's what this is. Uh, but Vicenia. It was Vicenia's dragon. Yeah. I don't know. You're, but ju- what, I, this I dragon... It. Yeah, yet? she died on the show. Spoiler yeah, yeah. alert again. There's all, all kinds of spoiler alerts. And then the other kid like took it over. That's the yep. um what's his name? One I'm a Targaryen. Yeah. One I'm a goo. One I'm a goo, stupid Aemon. Don't, don't get into a knife fight with an eleven year old. That's what happens. Is your eye turns he, blue. Yeah. You know those kids, they'd be fighting with knives and caves and stuff. Yeah, that's what I did when I was a kid. I was like, let's go find a cave so we can settle this fight my bullies with a knife <laughs> the, the only thing the one thing i like about these sets is when there's such a large quantity of packs you get a larger quantity of the redeemables now whether that's good or bad that's for you know each collector to decide but in my case it it means a better chance of getting it if i even get packs one there's a lot more packs two there's a lot more legendaries when you go into this and you have four legendaries as opposed to the typical two that you get or, you know, three on smaller set series, 
it's a good thing for me. Always a good thing. I, I really want my big wants out of this is multi face Magoo. I kind of want all of them except for Sir Kristen. Uh, yeah, nobody cares about you. Um, he, he was in he he was an integral role in the show. He he played a big part, but yeah, I agree. He he does not really have any business having a NFT pop made. Now I'm fine with if they were to just do like a normal release pop, like a common of him. Like that's great. He, he played a big part, right? Like he was a baby daddy. He was a baby daddy. And that's important. <laughs> he has to represent the baby daddies need a role model to look up to. And Sir Kristen Cole, he he was that. That's so crazy. There's twenty six hundred of him. I know. That's about twenty five hundred too many. <laughs> oh, dude. So I, I think this is strange. I think they have this backwards because I really don't agree with. So the grail is Damon Targaryen, which I mean, that's he's probably I, everybody's favorite character. on the I show. like, well, I didn't like him and then I did like him. So he, he's, he's very human. And I, that's one of the reasons I like, we could, we could totally do just a podcast about this, but um, yeah, let's like do the, it. we're starting to launch a new podcast. It's just uh, all house of the dragon. That's all we're going to talk about. Um, this is I'm done with this. Um, I'm glad that you watched the show though. That, that like, kind of gets me excited. We can talk about it. It was very. Let's do like a mini series podcast. Well, it was a whole new thing for the next season. Well, we could recap. We'll do a recap of each episode, and then for the next season, we'll we'll do recaps for each episode, and we'll yell about it, and just we'll have a good time. But anyway, back to what I was saying. <laughs> I don't think I think that Damon should have been the royalty and not the Grail, and I feel like the queen of the dragons Vagar should have been the should have been the grail like i don't know how you feel about that but i think a dragon is just way cooler than a dude a dragon well and the biggest dragon on the show right that fits in a regular size pop box <laughs> you mean they're not going to treat it like they did with the uh attack on titan cart titan and and shove a normal size pop in a giant six inch box and then charge you double for it Hey, guess what we got? We got a pop and a lot of air. <laughs> it's some white space. It's, it's perfect for minimalists. Well, what's so weird about it, right? Because we haven't seen any six-inch pops in these redeemable sets yet. It's kind of been like standard. I'm waiting. We did see a soda, right? We yeah, saw the yeah, sodas yeah. are redeemable for the pretty Halloween. So I'm hoping that they mix it up a little bit. You know, it would be, be kind of cool to see a six-inch pop in there. But from a cost standpoint... It's probably not lucrative for them. What if Funko's going to throw a big old swerve in here and this, the dragon is actually like an 18 inch pop. How funny would that be? That would be crazy because they had made the dumbest financial decision ever, but they're good at that sometimes, right? Like just selling a <laughs> pop good at a warehouse. <laughs> so it's like, what are we going to do here? Uh, let's not make the dragon, the grail and an 18 inch supersize pop. Let's make him the royalty where we have to make 3,500 of him. And then people got to work to get it. Like you got to get all the cards and then you're going to get this 18 inch pop that you don't want. You're like, what the heck do I do with this? You get it and it comes in and you're like, uh, your order has shipped. And then you check the FedEx like tracking. It's like 17 pounds. You're like, what <laughs> no, is this going is on? not what I wanted. But yeah, if they did it as a grail, that would make more sense, especially limiting it right to mm -hmm. a thousand pieces. And it's a big one. Uh, maybe they do that in the future. But overall, you know, if I were to grade this set, I F. would probably give it a B plus in B plus. my, I, I do think. The thing that takes it away from being an A 
is kind of putting one of the characters in there that I would have loved to seen as another character on the show that you don't, you know, this to me as a choice of a character, it's just because I didn't like the character. It's personal only. So don't take offense to it. It's just, I didn't like the character, so I don't collect it. But everyone else I think is a, is an A, take that away. And I'm always excited to get dragons because I love the dragons. We love the dragons. I'm going to say this is C plus territory because they're just very plain. And when I, when I get something like that, I either want it to be, I mean, it's, you notice that a lot of the NFT stuff has been like animated things. So stuff that's a little more exciting. Whereas, so there hasn't been a whole lot of these like realistic, like they've done a couple, like they did the Halloween one that had a lot of movie elements and stuff like this. But I wish that these had more like, pizzazz to them that's the only way i can put it like why but some metallic or glow in the dark or like something because they haven't done any of that stuff yet they've been all just like straight normal pops right like they haven't done a glow in the dark they haven't done a metallic they haven't done a flocked in the nft realm except for i mean technically they did the optimus prime that was gold but he wasn't even like he was just a slightly metallic he wasn't an actual like chrome or anything like that so i would have loved to see like maybe you know the uh the Viserys, like if he was, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard because it's not, there, there hasn't been a whole lot of like magic-y stuff in the show yet. So there's nothing, but like, I don't know, Eamon, like his blue eye could have glowed or like, yeah, you know, no, I think that's a good point. Yep. So th- I think that if they, if they would have just paid a little bit of attention to that aspect of it, I think this would have been like I said, a plus, um, and then throw out, you know, baby daddy then we would have had a really good lineup. But I mean, yeah, I'm, it's not for me and I like the show. I love the show. It's great. Anything game of Thrones, I'm super stoked on, but like, this is one I I most definitely am going to pass on. If I do buy any of it, it will simply be for trade bait. So that way I can get the stuff that I really, really want. I can trade this off for something else or just sell it. So I can buy something I want. Buy me a friend. (laughs) No, and to be completely honest, that sometimes that's a strategy that you got to take. So overall, let us know what you think at Pop Alliance Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Info at popcollectorsalliance.com. That's the old email way to do things. Facebook.com slash popcollectorsalliance. Let us know what you think about this set, if you're going to collect it, if you're not. Uh, your overall rating, everything above. Uh, so that wraps up NFT Talk this week. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand the torch over to you, Piper, for our next topic before we get to the top 10 collectible companies that aren't Funko. So I'm going to hand the mic to you virtually through the screen and let you take off. All right, let me get my soapbox out from under the desk. So there's been, this is bugging me. This is, and this is not me pointing fingers at anybody. This is not me calling any one person out because there's been a lot of people that have made it a point to talk about this. But you may have seen on the Twitter or the Instagram that there are a lot of people talking about the Batman, the animated series pops. Okay, The big hoopla that's going on is people are claiming that the Batman, the animated series pops are being unvaulted and Funko has had this long standing a position on we will not once things are vaulted we will not release them from the vault unless there is a variation of it or 
it's different box art. Like they've done with Star Wars a number of times. They did the blue box, and then they did from the Vault series the the black uh, Starburst, and then they did the blue Starburst ones. So, and they also did the Dory ones. Um, Finding Nemo, where they did Dory. That's oh not, yeah, so yeah, yeah, and it was the same pop. They just like yeah. threw it in a different box. from the vault. Okay, so now people are upset because there have been Batman from Batman the Animated Series found in the wild with a 2022 reproduction or production number on the bottom of the box. Okay, if you guys don't know how to read those, simply stated uh, on the bottom of the boxes, you'll see the year, the month, and the day. Okay, so these, the ones that I've seen have been 2022, March, and then some day within that March time span. I think some of them span into April as well. Okay, so people are really upset about the fact that, oh, Funko, they're, they're going back on their word and they're taking all these things and they're going to release them. And, oh, it's the, the end of the world. It's the Beanie Baby uh, pr- process. We're gonna, that's where we're going. Okay, so here's the problem I have. Okay, number one. Everyone that's making these claims has no proof because I don't, I do not believe that the Batman was ever vaulted. Okay. Now I can't go back and see because that information isn't readily available. And if Funko did make that change in the app, because you can go into the Funko app and you can see next to different pops, like if it's vaulted, if it's unavailable, or if it's actively in production. Okay. And I have not seen, nobody's brought receipts to the table. Nobody has said, hey, here is the, the proof that says that this pop was vaulted at one point and now it's not, okay? Because if you go right now, there are a large number of those animated series pops that are listed as vaulted, okay? Some of them are not. The common Batman is not listed as vaulted. The Joker is not listed as vaulted. But the Batman chase is. Okay, so that leads me to believe why would they, if this was truly Funko doing a full on reproduction, why would they only reproduce the common and not the chase of this pop? And why would they only select? Because there was, it was a big set, the animated series set. They did two waves of it. I think there was like 12 total pops from that show, plus blacklight variants that they did for Hot Topic. Okay. Why would Funko just choose the, the two main ones? Because as we know, Batman fans, they like all of Batman. They, and especially villains, okay? It just seems to me strange that you would only select the two main archetypes from the animated series to release, okay? And you could also kind of play on that, that like, okay, Kevin Conroy did pass away in November, so maybe this is Funko pushing this, but this would have been before he passed away. So that kind of like, that argument gets thrown out, so... I just have an issue with people making all these wild accusations and claims and then not being able to provide any proof. And if somebody has, I would love, I would love for them to send that over to us so I can see. And, you know, cause I would love for my own edification to know, Hey, yeah, these actually were pulled from the vault. But as to this date, I have not seen anybody that's been able to, definitively say hey yeah this is screwed up and here's why yeah i think we talked about it a little bit about before the podcast too is that i think to show everything from that light and i'm not going to go to the negative like because i don't always 
there we we said something about negativity and there's a delicate balance between realism pessimism and optimism right it, all these can sort of overshadow each other but the point that i'm trying to make here is that you've got to look at the story from all angles from the prospect yeah could it have been unvaulted? Certainly. Yeah. Right. But think about what we talked about on previous episodes, manufacturing. Like if I'm Funko and I'm trying to go and project sales for the future and then China, and then what do we say was the other place that makes Vietnam. them Vietnam come to me and say, okay, well, we can only do X amount of number of production pieces in this fiscal year or calendar year. You're allowed this many releases and we can make this quantity with the supply and you know what whatever materials we have. So if I'm Funko, I'm going to say, well, I need to put X number towards my IP, new IP that I'm making for the year, Wednesday or whatever show that comes out and the new movies that are coming out all year, uh, which is another reason, you know, Funko in and of itself is like having problems because we're not getting as many movies and things like that. So you've got to make these critical decisions. And I wouldn't think that Batman, the animated series would necessarily fall high on that train. Now these released in 2016, the original Joker and the Batman. So they we've seen before, and we also mentioned they, they've got to prioritize, right? So if they're going to make another run of it, because you know, Batman movies, all these IPs, when they release a live action movie that affects sales across the whole library of pops that they have. And then to add another sprinkle in, it's the Harry Potter aspect or the Dragon Ball Z. If you look at the Harry Potter pops, they're not vaulted. I mean, you can go all the way back to like the first couple and they could re-release them at any time with new dates. And I don't know if I've seen them. I don't see them in the wild anymore, but from a perspective of, are they releasing this again? Yes or no. They could ev always do that. And the same with the Dragon Ball Z pop and Star Wars pops and things that haven't been vaulted. They hold on to certain IPs for a long period of time. And maybe that's because the license requires them to do that. But I mean, it's not just topical in the sense of saying, well, this just released. So if you can show me a screenshot of the Funko app saying it's vaulted and then one for it releasing just because it was released in 2016, and they're releasing it again is not enough evidence to prove that it was vaulted. Now, we used to be able to go into this when Funko provided a catalog to us in the form of a spreadsheet because they'd have tabs at the bottom. This is old school. You know, this is back in the day when Funko was struggling, but they, they provided a spreadsheet of all the products, what was in stock, what wasn't. And then they had a bottom tab that listed all, and I do mean all of the vaulted pops. They've since transitioned this over to, you know, a more formal sales approach. And additionally, you know, they've incorporated those into the app, but you're right, Piper, I, without seeing a screenshot side by side, and maybe they have it on a YouTube video somewhere, but I haven't seen it. Uh, I'm not ready to say definitively it was vaulted. So here's the other thing to this. I propose this. What if Funko, they had produced 10,000 of these, right? And let's say they were like, okay, we're only, we only have orders for 6,000 of them. Okay. We'll get the boxes produced. We get everything shipped out. And then they're going to store the rest of those pops in a warehouse somewhere, whether it's overseas or if it's stateside. And then when they finally decide, oh, well, hey, we got to clear this stuff out. It's, you know, it's been 2016. Now it's 2022. Let's get these things out of the warehouse. Maybe the boxes had not been printed yet. 
maybe they went and had the boxes print in 2022, but they'd had the pop since 2016 and it was just overstock that they'd been sitting on. That's another very feasible option that, that, that could have been, you know, they could have just had cartons of them just like, or just on a shelf lining without boxes. So I don't know what the actual formal production process is. I don't know if there is a, a pop and a corresponding box printed for every single one at the time of production, or if the boxes are produced as needed. So without having that information, it's, it's kind of hard to say, but I think speculation wise, I think that's a very feasible thing that could have happened as well. Yeah. There's so many options that they, that you could explain this. And that's my point is to go with one and then say definitively without a shadow of doubt that this is re-released. You never know. And I hope, and we always hope as collectors that, you know, if they do release something out of the vault that it would be taken into account and that we would have new boxes. I don't know. There's certain things that get vaulted or quasi vaulted on the exclusive side. That's far more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. But they still never vault. They could say that the hot topic variant of this is vaulted. We're going to re-release it now under the Funko sticker version they have variations that they could put in there. And I guess the word I was looking for caveat and say, Oh, well, this is technically not a hot topic pop anymore. It's the Funko shop release. And that's where it kind of gets like iffy on me with the stickers. And that's why I would think it'd be vital to their company if they're going to do variations and it's just sticker based for exclusives. Cause they have re-released and I, I won't say unvault, but let's say re-released certain exclusives under a different sticker, then you should at least take some effort to do what the NBA, the MLB or NASCAR, whoever does with the sort of serialized stickers that you can put on there. It doesn't take a tremendous amount of money to put a QR code on something. We've, we've always said that. Yeah. I mean, they did it with like, like Toys R Us. When Toys R Us closed, they were still producing some of those. Like there was some NFL, uh, like the Color Rush NFL ones that they did. They put them out at Toys R Us. Toys R Us was in the process of closing. They weren't putting anything else out. So they shifted that over to, I forgot who got them after that. It was like Foot Locker or something like that. But somebody got them after Toys R Us did. And then they did it with the... uh, one of the care bears, the, the grumpy bear, it went to, uh, I think it was a box launch exclusive after it was the Toys R Us. So they, that's happened before, which this is a little bit of a different situation, but yeah, for sure. It's, it, it definitely makes sense. So to jump and immediately, you know, grab the pitchforks and the torches and just say, Oh, Funko screwed up. And now they're a bunch of liars. It's it. That's a little, a little harsh. So let's all, let's all calm down. Take the chill pill. Sure. How jealous are you of top pops that, or anyone in Canada for that matter, that you can just go into a Toys R Us still? I just wish that there was just like, they have them in, uh, I don't know what department store is. I think it might be Macy's or somebody. They have like a little, hey, it's a Toys R Us section. But I really miss the days of going into a Toys R Us. It's just something, something that just sucks not having them around. Literally any toy store would be great. Like the closest thing, like, do we even have any toy stores in the U S anymore that are not like small shops? Like, you know what we have, or like any other smaller, like collectibles and, and like comic book shops and stuff like that. I don't think there are any proper toy stores anymore 
other than like FAO Schwartz in New York. I was going to say that. That's like the only one that's like They've been around for like 300 years (laughs) and like they're not going anywhere, obviously. But I, I don't know. I'm trying to think like if there are any large just standalone toy stores and I don't think there are. I think I think Toys R Us was that last bastion of hope because KB, I used to work for KB Toys. I was a manager. I was a store manager for them long time ago when I was in when I was in college and uh you know they all those shut down and then I I guess you can kind of call GameStop is like half a toy store cuz they got like some toy they got half the stores like toys now. Well, Think Geek didn't make it. Isn't yeah, so they like so they crazy. adjusted that and now but I mean I went to GameStop today or yesterday and they they you know they have tons of action figures and like t-shirts and, and everything's on clearance bottles, <laughs> yeah everything's 50 percent off i'm like the oh, writing man. is on the wall i feel well, so that's, bad uh, that's a whole we can we could get we, into we, it's been an episode on that one too but i want to say these down i'm writing these ideas down on my paper so we can plan this stuff out kb toy store i'll give you a childhood story for me really really quick you remember back in the day when they used to have those little round displays at the front that they'd put the like, like battery powered puppies in and they'd run yep. around. Yep. I thought that they were killing them. So every KB toy stores I go to, I'd turn all those things off. Cause I felt bad for them. <laughs> I was like, they're, they're legitimately trying to kill all these poor animals. Like how, how would you feel if you had to work all day and you're a battery powered little robot? You did so I'd go in there and turn them off. You felt like this is, you thought this was a Toy Story slave situation where they yeah. were like, <laughs> like, that's awesome. Indentured servants. They're just like nonstop. There's things like that, that, you know, I don't know because those toys weren't the highest quality. Anyways, I guess I felt bad. I was doing the world a favor the the, the Toy Story world there. They were under, um, severe pressure to perform and i just wanted to take that pressure off and that's why you were never allowed back in kb toys exactly it's like this eight-year-old up here turning all our toys off Uh, that was me all right so i think that we can put our soap boxes under the desks um and move on to the top 10 collectible companies that aren't funko so we're going to go down the list piper's going to say his 10 we'll comment and so on and so forth. We'll get down to one. I nor I at first did this list, not 10 to one. I just did it, just made the list. And uh, you guys are probably going to get mad, but just know that this is our opinions, opinion session. Everybody has different collectible companies that they love. This is just the top 10 that Piper and I uh, personally collect and, and narrowed it down. Now, there's a lot of companies as I was going through my list that I'm like, man, I really don't want to knock this company because I mean, damn, I, I love what they produce. I just don't collect it. So um, we'll start with you, Piper. We'll do your number 10. Well, let's, I'm going to do my honorable mention first. Okay? You're gonna, normally you do honorable mentions at the end. All right, we'll do it at the end. We'll save that one for the end. And it's, anyway, we'll get that. So <laughs> my, my number 10 is going to be NECA. And I chose them because... I just look at them and I see the quality of product that they put out is so much higher than a lot of other action figure companies for the price point. Because when I went, when we went to uh, toy fair in New York in 2020, right, right before the whole world exploded. Yeah. Um, at the end of times. Yeah. I got to see NECA stuff like firsthand, like really what they could do. And some of their like, 
dioramas that they built and um, some of the like the larger scale models that they did. They are so very impressive. And I didn't know. I don't know if you know this, but NECA builds all of their figures to scale. So I do know that. Yeah, I did not know that because I had somebody come in the store and talk about they only collected NECA because it bothered them when certain characters were like giant and then other ones were really small that should have been giant. And I, and I didn't, I had no idea. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. But it makes sense because when we were at Toy Fair, we saw a aliens uh, diorama that they had built and they had this giant queen alien and then they had Ripley and you know, it was way, way bigger. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. It looks great. Like it, it looks like it should from a movie. And that's why it's because everything's to scale. Yeah. That's uh, one of the things, one of the great things that one comment that you made the point on that I completely agree with for the quality of the toy and the price point, you cannot beat it. I mean, it's next level. So I completely agree with that statement. My number 10 is new entry and you'll see some new companies on here and things that I'm excited about. And this to me, I put them on the list because they were so nice at toy fair when we were there before the world ended. Uh, before you could walk up, you know, you can no longer walk up to people and sniff their hair and it be socially acceptable anymore because mm-hmm. you're going to kill them. Uh, but <laughs> the handmade by robots, I, I did that because I, I like it. It's very niche, but again, I think it's a unique idea. And one of the things that I like, even startup companies, everybody knows that it gets difficult when you push things to scale and you can't. You, you can't engage with the fans anymore and all the complaints you get about Funko and things like that. Well, they were this small company and they became big. I'm sure a Hasbro was there one day like, oh, damn, we get all the free board games every year and now we can't get them. Well, the, the, the same thing applies here. But a, again, a smaller company that was super nice to us that has a unique product that I think is underrated. And as they get more licenses and things, it's just, it's not something you're going to collect a whole set of. and it's. It's not something that you're going to buy every one of them, but it's something that there might be that one or two off that's really, really cool and unique. So I I have Handmade by Robots at 10. My number nine is Super Plastic. And the reason that I put Super Plastic on here is because the, the stuff that they are putting out is, and really for a long time, they've been putting out these awesome figures now they're very expensive i do not i i I own one super plastic figure like one full i think it's like a it's like a nine or a 12 inch figure and then i have a bunch of the smaller blind box ones they are kind of they follow that same like concept of like kid robot which i didn't know this but super plastic actually spun off from kid robot some of the original creators of kid robot they moved over and they did super plastic so that's kind of why they do that. But they they have specific characters that they do, but they do really interesting variations. It's not just a palette swap of the same figure over and over again. It's, you know, very different layouts, very different. All they all come with accessories and it's very like it's very edgy also on top of that. So I, I really like it. And they're pushing like NFT stuff. They're doing all kinds of really, really cool things. They've done a lot of collabs. I think they did a collab recently with like Gucci and some of these bigger designers. So I really like them. I like the, they're kind of like pushing forward, going above and beyond what a lot of the 
other designer toy makers are doing. And I mean, granted, they have a lot of money. They got all kinds of funding. They, they were a legit startup. Uh, they had like Series B funding. And that's why they're able to do what they're doing. But they are they're doing some really cool stuff. And if you've never looked at Super Plastic, I highly suggest it. Go look them up. They have some really cool things. I'm going to stay on the super train. My number nine is super seven. And the reason why I put super seven on here is we have a history with it. And so does Funko, right? The reaction figures, they kind of took it away from super seven, super seven kind of rehuddled, re-imaged the company. They're releasing a lot of cool new things. They've got these like ginormous statues. There's like a reptar. The price point's a little high on them, but they do crazy masks. They have like a wide variety in their portfolio. It's quirky sometimes. And some something about the simplicity of those reaction, like super seven figures to me, I still have the like fight club ones that Funko put out, but I like that simplistic design sometimes. And it just hits different as the kids say these days on some of those, the smaller simplistic item items that may be for a niche thing. Like remember when we went and we got the, um, the RoboCop ones and they had the glow in the dark and the ghoul and stuff. He got it's, gooped. Yeah. It was like, got gooped. Remember it's, those? Not, it's not RoboCop. It's Robert cop. Yeah. Robert cop. So, Robert cop. but I still have those because I love them so much. And that simplicity sometimes is making a simple collectible. That's a low price point. And it's not trying to be flashy. It's just cool. So Super 7 is my 9. I will also say with Super 7, if you are not into the vintage three and a quarter inch style figures, like the old, they, to me, they remind me of like the old G.I. Joe or the old uh, Mattel X-Men figures. They also have a line called Ultimates that are eight inch, ultra detailed, true to like comic book and animated series, like the Ninja Turtles one that they do is so good. They are, they are on the pricier side, but they are fantastic looking figures with lots of features and they are beautifully done. Number eight. My number eight is a company called fool's paradise. And this is probably going to be one that not a ton of people know, especially if you were more of a casual collector uh, Fool's Paradise, they are based out of, I believe, Shanghai. Um, they do larger, and they're, they're not even action figures, they're vinyl, like, statues more than anything. Um, the one that you probably will recognize is they did one uh, called Super Fiction, where it was uh, Mario and Princess Peach, but it was styled in, like, a Pulp Fiction way. So Mario's wearing like the suit with the the bolo tie and Princess Peach has like, you know, the white button down and uh, the black uh, bell bottoms on. Their figures are so cool, but they are ultra pricey. They're like $800. To yeah. Get. And, and part of that is just shipping. But these things, they hold value really well. The aftermarket or secondary market for these aftermarket, <laughs> the secondary market for these things is high demand. Because they are all limited production and they are just the coolest. And it's not just they do a lot of stuff. They steal a lot of Mario stuff, right? It's definitely not licensed by Nintendo, but they've done stuff with like Iron Man. They've done some figures for Dragon Ball Z. And then 
they have some other kind of like their own designs that they've done as well. But if like just just the Pulp Fiction ones by themselves, they've done a few of them. Uh, go check those out. They yeah, they got a Forrest Gump one too. That's really good with peaches. I've never seen the Forrest Gump yeah, one. Yeah, look it up online. That's the one that I saw that I wanted to buy, but it's uh, Mario as Forrest Gump and Peach as the nurse with the the magazine on the, oh. the bench. He's got a box of chocolates beside him in his hat. It's pretty cool. Yes. So uh, Fool's Paradise, very expensive, but in my opinion, it's worth it if you just get one for your collection to put on a shelf because it is definitely a uh, conversation piece. My next item, and a full disclosure, I want to collect this, but I don't. Hold I on, do, hold on. I think we have the same one. It's, I do have one of them. Okay. And it's a Pokemon version of it, but it's Bear Brick. Boo! Yeah, we need a button. <laughs> Push a button. Let me find a button. That, that's a What's number. I, I got, it's too, oh. <laughs> it's too cold out here for a penguin. There we go. Uh, I wish I would have. You can insert. Uh, you have yours at seven. My my seven. Uh, yes, I okay. have bare brick at seven. I have them at eight. So bare brick for me. Oh dang! I thought I got off count. I yeah, it's all right. We go. We're good. We're yeah, close. Right. We're close enough. Um, bare brick to me, why I like them is they combine simplicity with design, and they have variations of the product of which I would like the 3,000% one or whatever it is, the 300 maybe. 1,000%. Yeah, the 1,000%, the largest size. I just have the one Pokemon one, and I still have, I think, two of them that they released from the Pokemon store, mm-hmm. the little bear bricks, the yellow ones. So they're tiny, but as far as a product is concerned, some of the stuff that they put out, and when we went to Toy Tokyo in New York and oh, saw dude. all those, it was just like, I'm super jealous at looking at all these because you know, aesthetically, they're just incredible. Like you think that, oh, well, this looks like a knockoff Lego figure. But when you see them in person, it's kind of like stylish and cool and something that you wanted to like put in your minimalist living room on a coffee table or something. I think that they display really, really well. So I like the simplicity with the design and bare brick is my number eight. Yeah. So they come in 100%, 400%. And 1,000%. So it's like a it's like a two-inch figure that's a little bit bigger than a Lego minifig. And then you, ha- I think the 400% is like six-inch figures. And then the other ones are like 24-inch figures. And they, well, when you're dealing with like the, the, the mini ones, right? Like the 100%, those are pretty affordable. And actually, I just got notification from our supplier that we have, they're, they're doing a blind box. They, they've done like 45 runs of the blind box uh, bare bricks. And we are getting some of the uh, Series 45 uh, cases in. So we can get some. We're going to open some bear bricks. Maybe we can uh, Maybe we can do it on a stream or something like that. We can bust open a whole case. We'll be buying our own supply. I mean, you know what? At least we get a discount. So <laughs> there you go. But yeah, it's, that's what it is. And to me, they are, they are almost like a canvas in, uh, over being like a, a figure, right? Yeah, because I they agree. are simplistic. And that's what... You know, a, a lot of people will use it for is like because they have they have some that are like Andy Warhol and Basquiat and uh, a number of other you know artists. They've put prints of theirs on there, and they they just look really cool. And I get that this is something that not everybody's going to be into because it is the same, and and that's kind of how a lot of designer toys fall into. Either you love them or you hate them, 
or you think they're a waste of money, right? But this is one I think it's really easy to love because they just look so freaking cool. Yeah, Bear Brick's like hockey to me. Like, see it on TV, that's okay. But if you see it in person or watch it in person, it's a whole lot better. So I encourage everybody, if you go to a con or anything along those lines where, you know, secondary market sellers are going to, resellers are going to be there and they have them, just take a second to look at it. And especially the thousand percent ones, I think they look really, really good. It's like a large collectible that I would really like to invest in. But some of those things are like $50,000. I'm not even exaggerating that. It's ridiculous. It's like trying to collect like cause. Like I don't have... I don't have that many thousands of dollars to buy one thing. I, I could buy a car with how much some of these things cost. Hey, but- can I finance this for 12 years? Please, please. <laughs> know, $12 down and 12 it. years finance. Get you 5%. Veruch will get you in a good bare brick. Out in front. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, they're, they're really cool. And going to, yeah, if you're ever in New York, go to Toy Tokyo. They have the biggest selection of bare bricks I've ever seen in one place. And they have some that are like you you just won't see like they're so cool all right so that was your number seven then so yeah my number seven so uh why don't you say your number seven since i already just did mine okay uh my number seven is sideshow collectibles and i put it lower on the list because again the details that you get in sideshow collectibles are next level unmatched they are at every big major con. So I encourage people, if you've never seen Sideshow before, go to, if you're going to San Diego Comic-Con, they always have a booth there, New York Comic-Con. They have some of the most incredible designs that are put into a statue that I've seen. Price points are always super high on these and some can range up just, just straight off the presses as, I don't know, like thousands of dollars in some cases. and. I put them lower on the list because I can't afford a lot of it, right? So why I want to collect it, but I don't. I don't even own one piece. And I came very, very, very close to buying one at San Diego Comic-Con, but I did not pull the trigger on it. Uh, but it's it's one thing that if I had a million dollars, at least 50K would be put into some figures that I need to go back and get. So Sideshow Collectibles is my number seven. Yeah. I kind of, I lump them in with like hot toys. It's like things that I wish I could buy, but I cannot justify that purchase. And I I do. I love sideshow. Um, I remember I used to be a big world of Warcraft player. And I remember they, at one point they came out with a Deathwing statue and it was like, it was as big as your table. And I don't remember how much it was, but I remember you could finance it. And I thought that was stupid. And now I look back and I'm like, oh, I totally should have done that. I wish but, I would so have done that one. Yeah. It was like uh it was like a castle, like ruins of a castle. And and if you don't, Deathwing's like a big dragon, right? So it's this dragon that was like wrapped around this castle and like it was his head was pointing in the air. He's like like screaming, right? Oh, I, I just to this day I still wish I could have gotten it. And because I know like I don't know how much they're worth now, but they they only did and everything that they do is limited production. And and that that's if, if you tell me limited production and looks really cool, I immediately am like, oh, I, I got to have that. Like, there's no reason, but I have to. Well, yeah. And let's be honest, like Sideshow isn't really a producer of toys. They're more of a, a conglomerate of market of different toys. But you can't really go into each little toy maker for, 
for example, like hot toys, they, they hold and sell them. I use sideshow as like kind of like a dumping point for all of those small collectible because let's be honest, not every company can mass produce the quality that they do. They collect it. It's kind of like Martian toys, but more towards like these uh, statues and things along those lines. So I, I want to get that disclaimer so no one says, well, Sideshow does this. No, they they have a bunch of smaller, more niche, you know, collectibles and figures that they pr- provide. But certainly they are sort of that marketplace for for those items that you're not going to find you know, that they're not going to sell direct to you. So uh, be clear, they do carry the statues and Hot Toys is on my list as well. So uh, we'll go to your number six. Number six is Sank the Child. And I also uh, lumped in there, We Art Doing. And if you have not, have you, you know what these are? Sank the Child? Yes. I think we've talked about it a yep. little bit. Yep. So uh, these are a collection of uh, I believe most of them are resin figures. I do not own any of them myself. That is going to change. Um, I will have some of these in the very near future, but um, it's like, it looks like a little boy uh, or girl, but a little child that has a old timey divers helmet on. And there's all kinds of like different like color variations. Some of them are clear and glittery and some of them glow in the dark. And there's all different like, uh, poses and then they've also expanded into like some larger scale like more statue stuff there's one that's really cool that is it looks like a giant lego figure that's melting and on the inside is the uh the diver child like bald like standing there it's really neat what they do with like one singular concept and then so many different variations of this and not just being like oh it's a different colorway but it's actually they they go all the way up to doing like highly posable uh, like premium action figures, kind of like hot toys does. And they're in the hundreds of dollars, or you can get some of the blind box ones that are only like $15. So it's a really nice designer toy that has a good entry level that will allow you to kind of like grow into those really, really expensive pieces versus something, you know, like bare brick where you're like, well, the cheapest one I'm going to get is going to be like, well, you could get some of the smaller ones for pretty cheap, but yeah, my point is sank the child. And then they also own a company called we art doing, which they have a bunch of their like random art, very arty kind of things. Uh, they're all like kind of statues or display pieces. Uh, very good. Awesome. I suggest checking them out. All right. My number six goes on that line of what we talked about. Like I said, I know sideshow, you know, is more of a conglomerate of smaller companies, but hot toys specific. And then I wanted to go one line specific that I collect is the cause babies. And it goes hand in hand with my number five. They're closely related in the designs, but I really like the simplicity price point for some is lower, but again, you can get pretty expensive with the cause babies to try and go back and collect those, uh, you know, back in time, but I certainly love the simplicity of the design chibi type figures for lack of better terms, uh, unique to me, but, uh, that's my number six. Something that Funko could take a note of that cause babies does, especially with like the, uh, the Spider-Man figures that they do is you take them out and they're magnetic. 
So you can have him on the side of your like metal desk or whatever, and it looks like he's swinging a web and and doing doing hero things, and that is freaking cool. Posable to the next level. Oh, show number five. My microphone just fell. Oh yeah. Keep this in the episode. Keep your microphone falling in the episode. I'll switch it up. I'll go to my number five while you're fixing the microphone. We're doing it live, folks. My number five, like I said, is closely related to my number six. It's the Good Smile Company. And they make these figures called the Nindroid figures. If you haven't seen them, they fall along the lines of the Hot Toys a little bit. They're not as magnetic and posable in situations, but they, they come with these little arms that can mount on the figures. So you can, like the Harry Potter figures, if you want to make them floating or, or other figures that would fall into that category, very unique. The, I guess, knock on this is that the licenses they have tend to be more towards anime and less towards, you know, general collectibles. And maybe it's a licensing issue for them, but I still love those figures. Price points a little high on those. Oh my gosh, yes. And like 50 to $80. I mean, you may get lucky and find them discounted in Barnes and Noble or a comic book shop or something like that. But again, uh, we talked with a good small company at Toy Fair. Uh, nice they were people. great people. Yeah. And just a high price point, but still, I love the figure. So Good Smile Company is my number five. So with Good Smile Company, I want to preface this with, if you go look at their website, be careful because they do also make some statues that are very not safe for work. They are like the, uh, they're anime like waifu statues, but they're like super inappropriate. They got the boobas in them. Well, not only that, but you can like declothe them. Yeah. Yeah. So just because like here in the store, uh, I always, always mess around with Steven, our comic book manager. I'm like, Hey Steven, uh, you think I should order these? Uh, I'm not sure who they're for. And he's like, Oh God, take that off the screen. <laughs> it's just, they're just like, there's some that are like, Oh, that's not how a human body is proportioned at all. Uh, no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I do like, I like good smile company, but, um, the ones I, I have noticed that are very, very collectible. The ones that people hunt for are the Japanese imports. So there's some that we yeah. don't get in the States and, uh, in, and it is, it's very like anime centric and they do make other ones. Like they, I've seen some X-Men ones they've done. They've done some Harry Potter ones. They've done them for like overwatch and, and a few other things. But yeah, I would say like 90% of what they do is it's all anime stuff. Your right. number five. So my number five, I feel is a company that people need to watch. Because I think there is so much potential in this company. They are doing some really nice looking figures right now. They are definitely infringing on Funko's territory as far as price point quality. In my opinion, this is kind of blasphemous since we are, we've, we've been hardcore Funko collectors forever, but I think their quality is better than Funko. I think their designs are awesome. And that is a company called U2s. Now, I hate all the like the YouTuber and that's what they started originally was, I believe, was like, oh, here's like a figure for like Ninja uh, or other Aww. Internet boys. Yeah, like, I don't care. About, I don't care about that. But they are starting to put licensed stuff out like we uh, just recently. You can go on Netflix's website in the Netflix shop. They have um, Eddie from Stranger Things. 
playing his guitar. That figure looks so good. They have one for Chainsaw Man. If you have not watched that anime, very good anime, but they have a Chainsaw Man figure. They are getting more and more licensed properties and the figures look so good and they're not bad. 30 bucks, right? So obviously it's like double what you're going to pay for a pop, but they are slightly bigger, way more detailed. It has a very like almost like claymation sort of look to them. Yeah. It's like very detailed version uh, and larger of like a soda kind of like how they that's the only thing I can really compare it to it looks very Scooby-Doo esque but they're awesome keep an eye on these I think if they can continue doing exclusives continue picking up licenses I think that it they are a contender to be up there as far as like collectability and value wise where like Funko's at now so does the Chainsaw Man opening song go, I am just Chainsaw Man doing things a chainsaw can. I am just Chainsaw Man <laughs> doing all things that a chainsaw can. Cutting down no. trees, doing well, that thing. <laughs> just, not, not, uh, it's in Japanese. I, there, I don't believe that there is a Because you know so how, no. wait, wait, you know how the anime songs like make no sense? They're like, uh, oh, yes. they'll do, they'll come in and it'll be, you know, Van Helsing or something. It'll be like, the glorious light shines down upon me and yes. the birds are flying all around. Like you just don't like, you're like, this makes no <laughs> you're sense. Like, this does not match up with what I, <laughs> there is too much murder in this cartoon to be singing about light and birds. <laughs> and then it opens anyway. and somebody's head gets cut off. Yeah. All exactly. Right. Okay. So you twos, my number five, I like them. Uh, I plan on collecting them. Uh, I'm going to go quick for time here. My number four. We I got as much time. We are not on the television. We're not. We don't need to be cut for time. We can go as long as we want. Well, I don't need to elaborate on this one. Bim Toy is my number four. So I like Bim Toy. It's kind of in a state of flux right now, where they had a new. They had a new figure or a new uh, toy came out just ghosty. this week. Yeah, but I, what I mean by that is that when I say that they're in flux, I don't really. So they started out with a paradorable society, right? And it was like this yeah. little cool collected group that's like, you get pre-sale. Now they went to NFTs. So now they do a pre-sale for their NFT people and they do a pre-sale for the paradorable. And you're releasing like 300 figures and it's like 300 people in those. And you're like, here's 12 figures for the general public. They're sold out in 10 seconds. I don't know what the strategy is there. I'm going to, that's a little knock to BIM toy. It's okay. Like you'll figure it out. I forgive you, but I do like the direction that the company's in heading with some of the, the um, resin figures that they came out with last year. I really like those a lot. And uh, in general, once the whole supply chain issues get figured out, and I really like Reese. I mean, let's be honest, the guys. He's a cool dude. He's man. really cool. And I like the, I even like the prints they come out with. So Bim Toys my number four. Um, yeah. My uh, my number four. We already talked about it. Good Smile Company. I put them up higher, uh, just because of the boobas. They have what? No, that is not <laughs> why. Uh, there's okay. There's what we talked about. So we already talked about the Nindroid stuff, cool chibi stuff. They also make figures and statues that are high detail figures versus chibi style ones. So. I will say if you don't like that style, Good Smile Company probably if you as long as you like anime, that's the rule. You got to like anime otherwise Good Smile Company is not your jam. Uh but 
they do make stuff like I was just looking. Uh, they announced a I can't ever remember uh, the, her name from My Hero, but it's like Najiri. Is that is that her name? Springs on feet. Uh, Springs on feet. I don't know. Do you, you ask so me about them? I'm not going to know. They just announced a one eighth scale uh, figure and it looks really cool. It's expensive. Again, all the stuff I like tends to be too pricey and I don't actually like I can't buy it, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, they, they got good stuff. So yeah, there you go. We already talked about it. So that's my number four. Number three, sir. I don't watch any, my hero because there's a certain voice actor that I will never support again. Uh, name drop. No, I'm joking. All right. Number three for me, we can go to his house. This and knock is, at his door if you this want is very niche. No one will know about it, but me and Piper. And if you watch some of our YouTube videos or, you know, live streams that we've done in the past you may see these little figures on a Are shelf you about to talk about smisky smisky is my number <laughs> three so i like smisky because it's very simple it's just glow in the dark dudes holding toilet paper and doing toilet poses in their hand and it's just no, they have more than just know, toilet ones but now. the toilet ones are my favorite so i know that they have a larger selection but it's very niche right the the figures are all the same they do yeah. different poses and different actions actions and you know, gardening or sitting on a couch or crapping in or the pooping. bathroom, doing a poopy. <laughs> uh, but I do like it. And I love the blue glow figures because they glow so well and they're very simple. And oh. it's like, it's almost like you can build a collection and then hide these figures everywhere and be like, Hey, I got this whole set, go through my collection on screen behind me and tell me where the 12 are. I, it's just, I, I think it's very cool. And I have them like at my desk at work and things like that. It's kind of funny. So mine falls along those same lines. So we will say, I think number three is just like blind box stuff. <laughs> That's In what it general, is. Yeah. But yeah. So my number three is Tokidoki. Oh, nice. I have been, I have been a long time Tokidoki collector. Like if you come in the store, I'm always wearing my Tokidoki hat. Yeah. If Sometimes you ever want to buy Toki- Piper a present, get him a Tokidoki hat. He'll love any Tokidoki hat that you give him. It doesn't matter, man. Like, and, and I think that they are so high. Like, Yes, their figures are really cool, but I place them so high because they are more of they're more than just a toy maker. I think most of what they do is apparel and they put out really cool clothes like their backpacks, hats, their fanny packs. They have like their T-shirts. They do tons and tons of like women's apparel. So they do like dresses and skirts and stuff like that. They every it seems like every week, but it's probably more like once every couple weeks, they send out an email blast and they have like free calendar pages that you can print out. They have coloring book pages that you can print out to color. They're doing all kinds of like really cool, like mystery box stuff. They're very into doing like different holidays. Like they, they do really neat things for like Zodiacs and like Chinese new year. They are a cool, cool company. I almost said a swear, but they are very, <laughs> very neat. And they are not expensive. Now they have some like Sofubi, like really limited, like one-off pieces that are like hand painted. And those are expensive. You can pay three to like $700, but they're larger. They're like 12 to 15 inch figures, but most of their stuff is very affordable. Even their clothing. Yes. It's expensive as far as clothing goes, but it's really high quality. Like their hats, you'll pay like 30 bucks. That's pretty normal for a hat, right? You go to the mall, you'll drop at like 25, 30, bucks, 30 bucks, normal price point. 
Yeah, I think like the one I'm wearing now, I think we got at New York Comic Con one year and it's lasted me forever. You know, usually hats, I'll have to throw them away because I, I just beat them to death. But they're very awesome. And then their exclusives that they do for like conventions and stuff are very well thought out. And they are very, very cutting edge as far as like coming up with new ideas for their their little the minis like the unicornos and myrmicornos. Check this out for Halloween this year. Right. They had a because they can they either do the blind boxes or they will do some like clear window ones so you know what you're getting. But those are usually like limited kind of exclusive ones. They did one this year where it was a unicorno with a haunted house on its head. Right. They do a lot of that, like kind of weird. But when you push in his horn, a ghost pops out of the top of the haunted house. Oh, like that's so cool, yes, man. That is cool. Or they have a pharaoh one, like so it's like a mummy, right? So it's like the sarcophagus kind of like looking thing. You can break it open, and there's a glow in the dark mummy inside of it. Like I don't see anybody else doing stuff like that on such small. Like they're fifteen bucks. Yeah. Like. That's a lot of thought that goes into stuff like that. And they're, oh man, like I love them. Like I, I know that's one of those things like either you like get it or you don't. And a lot of people are not going to like it because it is a very, I would say it's more of a feminine style or a younger style to it, but I like it. I don't care what anybody says. There you I go. It's cool. Tokidoki yeah. number three. All right. My number two, this is another one I don't have to elaborate on, but I'll just say a little, a, a couple points. Abominable toys. My number two, I know these are kind of quirky because it's like closely related to Funko in a way. And I appreciate the fact that, you know, this is a collector making collectibles and the unique way that everything came together. And if you haven't looked at the Abominable Toy Kickstarter, it's a little pricey to get the, I guess, rewards for lack of better terms, but they may be worth something in the future if only like 10 people buy them. So they're trying to make a jumbo. Uh, chomp figure now. Uh, so if you check it out, you can go to Kickstarter and search for Abominable Toys. I don't know if it's still going on, but anyways, I, I think that it's a step in a different direction, right? We want to see Connor and Ben, like it's Ben, right? Did I get the name? Yeah, oh. Ben Ben Sue. Yeah, come together and make some new figures, new types of things. I think they've expanded into some quirky things like coffee cups and coffee in general at designer con, things like that. But, and I even have their aprons. I bought one cause I thought it was cool looking, but I guess more potential is there. They've started getting licenses and I know that they want to go in that direction, but I don't even know at this point, as we sort of move to the future, is it all about nostalgia? Is it all about finding a license? That's great for a figure. It may or may not be, but I think that there's a space for them to create more unique figures. They've done some great collabs. So I'm looking more towards the future for that. Abominable Toys, my number two. So I kind of left off um, BIM Toy and Abominable Toys more because I wanted to bring spotlights to other things that we maybe don't talk about so much. Um, But my next two are very mainstream and it's just because I am getting so into these okay so my number two and i've never been a big collector of this until very recently but that's going to be lego okay i and not and i know you like minifigs and you're big on the lego minifigs i am getting into 
a lot of Lego stuff. I'm seeing all this new stuff that's coming out, and I'm just so excited about it. it. They've been hitting, they've been firing all cylinders. Ooh, buddy, like the new, um, the new Lego Ideas sets that they've announced, I'm so excited for. They've been putting out some vintage sets lately. Um, I, I just recently got one of the VIP only um, retro sets. It was uh, Robin Hood. Yeah. And, it, you know, dude, like, oh, they're so good. And I think, and what this is, is it, this is definitely a nostalgia thing for me because I was so big into Lego when I was younger. And now my daughter is the age where she's really into it and she's just now getting into like superheroes. So now when we go down the Lego aisle, she's like, Ooh, I want this Iron Man set and Spider-Man and Venom and Captain America. I'm like, yes, yes. I have an excuse to buy this stuff. I don't have anywhere to put it when I build it. Um, But on top of that, now I will say, since we do talk about collectibles, right? And now I'm more into Legos because I want to put stuff together because it's cool looking. Right. And I like to build stuff. But a lot of people, and I tell this to people that come in the store all the time, Lego is that one thing that if you want a surefire, okay, what is it we say? Not, not, this is not investing advice. Yes. But if you want to collect something that is going to go up in value, that is, I don't want to say it's guaranteed, but it is very, the probability is very likely, invest in Lego, especially Lego ideas. Because if you go, there's a website called Brick Economy. You can go on there and you can track like pricing of stuff, just like pop price guide. Lego tends to increase in value around 250% once those items are vaulted. It's kind of crazy. Especially like, the, those at, idea ones. Oh, dude, like we had in the store, we had a uh, Lego Ideas a Yellow Submarine set. It's a $250 set. It originally sold for like, $30 or something, $40. Yeah, I still have that too in box. Yeah, yeah, this one was sealed. Like, it's just like, the there is so many things to collect that even if you don't want to build them, even if you just want to put them out on display or just throw them in a closet and forget about them, like those pieces are shooting up in value. And it doesn't even have to be the idea sets. It doesn't even have to be the expensive ones. Well, like you even the third- Simpsons Quickie Mart doubled in value. That's insanely expensive right now. Yep. That one, the Simpsons house too. Yeah, I still have, I have that one put together, but yeah, you're exactly right. So if you want, if you are interested in something that is like long-term investing, because I know a lot of people are thinking about that now, especially people, there's a lot of kind of different things that people collect that they're interested in long-term investment. That is one of them that just like buy that stuff, throw it in a closet and forget about it. Check it in two years and see what the value is. Chances are, if you need a little bit of cash on hand, Go sell a couple of Lego sets. Yeah, definitely it's, recommend it's, one to stock, one to rock, but you may not be able to afford sure. it, but still. Yeah, not on those big like, oh, I got two Millennium Falcons. No, sir, I don't have room for two Millennium Falcons. Those boxes are giant. Yeah, I know. Uh, you stole my thunder for my number one, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, I'll just elaborate a little bit more. So my number one is Lego. and yeah. And so, I mean, everybody knows that's like, outside of Funko what I collect and I had this like big niche thing about getting like the most every Lego set that has the most pieces then you buy it and the Titanic and things like that it's unique they're they're exploring into areas that you wouldn't think that they would go to but they've done an excellent job and when they produce it I would say the biggest disappointment I've had in the last 
10 years was the Harry Potter train because they credit it with being such a big set and most of the pieces are just on the track. And that's the only complaint I have about them. I mean, that really like, I love the Lego minifigures. I've collected them since series one. I have pretty much everything uh, in that regard. I love the little niche Lego figures like the Harry Potter sets. I love the advent calendars, all of that. So I'm not going to go too far into it because I could talk all day on it, but Lego is my number one. Can we talk about the Shrek swamp set? Because just the fact that they are doing the 20th anniversary Shrek set, it, like they get it. They get the memes. They know what's good. Yes. Lego wins. Yes. What's your number one? All right. My number one is something that I collect that has no value. And I love it because it is so, it's so much fun. And my number one is anything from Games Workshop. And that is Warhammer 40K, Age of Sigmar. That is like my favorite collection now. And it has been for, oh, since I was in junior high. I've been collecting them. And uh, if you don't know Age of Sigmar, Warhammer 40K, it's a tabletop game. Uh, it's super nerdy. It's like uh, like risk, but lots of rules, and you, you got to paint them. So <laughs> you got to paint them. You do. It is. And it's so it's there is no value in, in the pieces. Now, some of the really, really old sets, if you have them, especially if they're still in box, yeah, there is a value there. But like if I go to you know, a tabletop store and I buy a, a set for like 60 bucks and whether I keep it in box or put it together, it's worth 60 bucks. That's it. Like there's there. And I think that I know we don't really, we never really dress stuff like this, but it is a, to me, a very pure form of collecting because I don't care about the value at this point. Like, and I, and most things I do, I honestly do, but this, I really like because I can express artistic freedom. Cause I do have to paint them. You get to put them together it's so like, for me, it's like yoga or like meditation. Well, they're customizable I'm, too. You can make them anything yeah, you want. For sure. And there's people that do like competition, like dioramas or just like single figures. And I'm like, oh my, like, I'm not terrible at it, but I see some stuff that people do. And I'm just like, man, that is like blows my mind. That's so beyond anything I can do. I, it's something I can aspire to. So I really appreciate it. It's an expensive hobby for sure. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those things. And it's, it's another one of those, those lines or those, or those items to collect that not everybody is going to be into. But if you are artistic or if you like, uh, like war games and stuff like that, I always suggest give, give it a check out. Try it and see how you like it. It's fun. It's, uh, it's spooky sometimes. So that's it. That's my, that's my number one. Yeah. I've seen some of the figures that you've done. It's pretty incredible. And I like the customizable fact that you can create your own, you know, collectible almost. It's like DIY pop on the 50,000th level. So I, I really like Just that. Way down. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but let us know what you guys think about the top 10 companies that you're collecting at pop alliance pod on twitter and instagram you can go to info at popcollectorsalliance.com email us directly there facebook.com slash popcollectorsalliance let us know what you think that's our top 10 collectible companies that are not funko i, I really enjoy wait, wait, wait. what's your uh what's your um honorable mention yeah you i was gonna get there it. i was gonna get there oh that well you sound like you're ending the episode no, i wasn't in the episode yet i, I only oh. i'm only gonna go one honorable mention 
uh, make it quick. Yeah, I only got one. Um, and that was for me, you already covered it. It was NECA. And it was really, I, I really struggle with getting them on the list because, you know, it was kind of like uh, handmade by robots, NECA, handmade by robots. I have hand by, made by robots figures. Uh, so I sided with them over NECA. But again, the price point, again, my my honorable mention is not overwhelming you. You've heard it already. Uh, so NECA is is my honorable mention. Mine is Pokemon. That doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does because, well, I, you can collect the cards, but Pokemon Company has done a really good job putting out additional collectibles aside from the card game. So like they did the uh like the evolutions figures like the that you put them all together and they make like a big scene. They had the the parade ones where each one was like a different parade flow. They did They um, did the bear brick. Like the they did the bear brick one. They've done skateboards. They've done a, a lot of stuff and Pokemon has been one of those things. It's been around for a long time. 25 years. In here in the states, so I think it's right. Twenty five years, yes, like ninety seven. Correct. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, no, ninety nine. Ninety nine okay. is so twenty four years. Twenty four years. So in Japan, longer. Uh, but yeah, man, like they do a lot of really cool collectibles, and it's something that I think that most people can relate to. They've experienced Pokemon in some form, uh, throughout the past little while. So, and it's blown up since, you know, what, 2019 and got really, really big. And then from then it's just like, now it's part of the, the, the whatever pop culture stratosphere. And they've resurged over the past year. So that, I mean, it's still relevant and even more relevant than probably it's been, you know, it had the the break period, but now it's back and exploding again. I mean, I think Pokemon Go and every video game, things like that, they've kept it alive, but Pokemon Go blew up and then people got into the cards, COVID happened, all that stuff. So I think they, they've yep. proved that they can remain relevant. But that's why I put them as, as honorable mention because they are not technically a collectibles company, but they do put out a lot of things that people like to collect. Good point. So now you know our honorable know. mentions. They, we didn't, mine was just, it wasn't just, it didn't have the bang or the pizzazz, but uh, Pokemon was good. So let us know what you think again on all of our socials. And if you're in the Dallas Fort Worth area and you want to go to our store in Old Town Keller, you can go to, is, is it one South 123 or South Main Street 123? 136 South Main Street. You don't even know. You don't even know the name of our business. Isn't it called the Rick and Piper Collects a Lot store? Collect extravaganza. Yeah, there you it's, go. I can never. You know, there's a lot of people. I can never remember the address. One thirty six South Main Street, Keller, Texas. There's a lot of people that come in here and they just assume this is my collection that I just store it here and I sell things to people. This place like, looks like a house. Understand that this, this. <laughs> they're like, I'm like, they're like, wow, you have an impressive collection. I was like, this is not mine. My collection is at my house. I don't have it up here. It's just, it's a very strange interaction. <laughs> not everybody. They come in and it's, you're sleeping on the couch. You're like, uh, I've never, <laughs> I'm usually in the back on the computer. So no, I've, I've never fallen. Well, I have fallen asleep on the couch, but it was after hours. Sometimes. All right. And then a quick reminder, everybody, if you're going to be in Houston, we'll be at comic Palooza. It's the 28th through the 30th of May or 31st of May. Uh, you can go and get your tickets now. 
They're beginning to announce the guests over the next couple of weeks. I think the first guest announcement is the cast of Arrow. So they'll be there. Look for more guest announcements in the near future. And then another convention we're going to be at is the Caltown Convention in Fort Worth. That is at the end of September, early October. I think it's the 29th through like the 1st or 2nd. So you can check us out there as well. And then any other dates that we add in the future, we'll let you guys know about that. So check us out at Comic Palooza. I hope to see you guys there and talk and chat and tell us how much you love the show. Don't say bad things because it hurts our feelings. I'm very frightened. (laughs) All right. On that note, I'm Rick. I'm Piper. Good night. Yeah, it's, it's, it's too late. Go for go to bed. I love you.